0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: There we go. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome in. It is... October 11th, gosh, 2022, we're flying through this month and uh, we're already five weeks through the NFL regular season and it's time for a little bit of Broncos for breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and struggling with my internet today, but still joined by uh, Scott Kennedy out there in Atlanta. Scott, how you doing? It's a pretty big sports day for you in the uh, Kennedy household.
2: Yeah, I'm doing well. We've got some Champions League, some Chelsea at three Eastern, and then the Atlanta Braves playoffs. And you know, right in the middle of NFL and college football season. It's not a bad time for the old sports fan uh, in, uh, in October. Fall is fall is nice. Fall is nice. Weather's perfect. It's a it's a good time to be a sports fan.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it is a good time, absolutely, especially when your teams are winning. I've been having a lot of pain. Uh, this last really tough time, and you go out and enjoy the weather. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> yeah, nope. It's uh, it's uh, it was a rough weekend for that, but I'm still repping the Iowa Hawkeyes, and of course, repping the Denver Broncos on here this morning. But uh, let's say hello to some folks coming in here in this uh, fine Tuesday morning. Uh, we got Chase Wellner coming in, saying, "Morning, fellas. The NFL needs to answer for yet another horrendous roughing call. Did you see the one? Last- I'm sure you have seen it. I've seen one-
2: still shots of it. I haven't seen the whole thing in." in motion you know I saw the commentary from Joe and it was mostly from Joe just like you know what's he supposed to do you know I mean again the the overcorrection on this you know is it it hurt it's hurting the game it's it's hurting the game I mean the the sack on Tua like well they didn't even call that a foul it's because it wasn't a foul that's yeah. the inherent risks of the game. You're allowed to pull somebody down by their hips onto their back. That's, you know, it's like, oh, he threw them with excessive force. Man, these guys are strong athletes. If you don't tackle them, they'll get away and make a big play and your ass is cut. Yeah. You know, I mean it's 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 a it's a rough game out there. You know, either you're gonna fundamentally change the entire game or you're gonna ruin it or you're going to live with, you know, guys getting hurt every so often. That's just the way it's been, the way it's always been, and it's never been
1: safer than it is now. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I I do hope that in the next you know decade uh, we can see further improvement on the uh, helmet technology. I don't give a flying hoo-ha uh, if the helmets are the guardian helmets, you know, the little padded-looking ones. Yeah. Just make them a generic color. I don't care. The, the, protect the players, especially protect the quarterbacks. Um, if they have to get rid of the hard gels, then case or uh, the aesthetics don't matter as much to me, uh, well, but, um, as I've said
2: a good. zillion times, but it'll never, ever, ever happen. You want to get rid of concussions, get rid of the freaking helmets. Yeah. That won't stop the back of the head hitting, but all the neck injuries and spinal injuries and everything where you're leading with the helmet, yeah. take the helmet off. I mean, turn it. It'll be more like rugby, and you don't hear about this stuff in rugby. Yeah, you get more. Bro- it's. It, I've kind of talked about it like MMA versus boxing. MMA, you're more likely to get bloodied or a broken bone, but they're not killing people. You know, yeah. it, it's in boxing. It's like okay, I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna give you a concussion. We're gonna count to eight, and if you can get up and be coherent, we're gonna do it again. You know, in in MMA, when you're when you lose motor functions, it's over. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's done. Rugby and football are a little bit like that too. Yeah, I might get more broken noses and lose teeth, old hockey style. But they're not scrambling each other's eggs so badly because they're not in there leading with their with the, with the crown of their helmet. I don't like. I said it'll never ever ever happen. But Nick, part of the problem is the helmet. Yeah, because they it turns into a weapon.
1: Gives guys a little bit more or less fear uh, to lead into some of those big hits to do damage. Yeah, no, it's no doubt. And you know, talking about boxing there, you know, getting knocked down for eight seconds and then doing it again, uh, kind of a little weak legged. Uh feels like how it's been watching the Broncos the last few seasons. A little bit of a <laughs> recall on that one. Ryan Slavic coming in here, saying good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I really hope Billy Turner and Quinn Miners are starting Monday. Also glad to see Hinton is on the roster. Love to see Murray and Hamler get opportunities. So a lot to unpack here. Good morning to you, Ryan. Thank you for the comment. I think there's a good chance that we see Billy Turner and Quinn Miners. On Monday, you have the 10 day or 11 days here, even longer uh, than your typical uh, Thursday to Sunday turnaround Thursday to Monday night uh, turnaround here. The Broncos have a lot of time to get things right and a lot of time for a reshuffle. And we're going to talk about that today. But I personally would be shocked if uh, Quinn Miners and Billy Turner are not back out there Monday night versus at the Los Angeles Chargers.
2: We're six weeks in a day, you know, into the season. Yep. So it's 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 time, you know, for sure. We've been hearing about, you know, the hamstring injury is one thing. We've talked about those being like voodoo. You know, the, mm-hmm. one of the one of my first introductions to this pod was when Moody heard his hamstring. And I was like, you know, we were, we were kind of like, I'm glad it wasn't a knee. I'm like, I don't know, man, you know, a, a skilled player with a hamstring injury that can that can be a season ender too. Um, I don't. I don't think this. I don't, did never. I never got the feeling that this was the same problem with Quinn Miners. But six weeks on a on a rough hammy. Okay. Um, we've been hearing about Billy Turner being almost ready since August first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where we're, I've got up, you know, Halloween decorations. It's it's time. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's time for it's time to see Billy Turner get some competition going. You lose Garrett Bowles, but get those two back. It might be a net gain, and you start playing a little bit better.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Also, yeah, congrats to Kendall Henson getting activated. The Broncos bringing back Trinity Benson uh, yesterday, which is hilarious. Broncos trade him to the Detroit Lions for a fifth round pick uh, before week one last year, and he's back now. Uh, good for, him, good for but, him. Yeah, good for him and good for the Broncos to get an extra fifth. They need those picks. I think that fifth ended up being, God, it might have ended up being Montreal. No, it would have been their first fifth round pick, so it would have probably been DeLair and Turner Yell. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I also says, i uh, love to see Murray and Hamler get opportunities. We might see Murray this week, but I got to say, I f- went going back and, yes, Nick, did you go back and watch the Colts game? I just like pain. Um, <laughs> just painful for my eyeballs. But I thought uh, Mike Boone actually had a pretty good game. I don't know if there is a huge rush uh, to get Murray involved, except maybe on some short line uh, goal to go-ish opportunities, given he is just such a massive back. The last one here, you absolutely have to get Hamler involved. This offense right now is... It's a with Russell Wilson, the offense is predicated on explosive pass plays and you're not getting your most explosive pass play player involved. And he's open. Uh, so yeah, he's yes. not
2: hiding, you know, no. Nick, like you're saying, he's not hiding out there where he's, you know, trying to where he's you can tell he's playing scared of that knee. That
1: That's not happening. He's ready. He's 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 ready to go. Yeah. Richard come in and say, Nick, be a little bit more optimistic. We'll be okay. Yeah, we will. I just, you know, I like to make self deprecating jokes and tease about the team and the, the Broncos have been tough to watch uh, the last few seasons. And it's definitely disheartening to see them struggle out the gate this season injuries, Russell Wilson, lat injury too. I mean, it's just like, it's like, God, come on. And then we can't even get into the first round draft picks this season, but Set it from the beginning. You'll give them eight weeks. We'll reassess them after a full sample size of enough varying types of opponents and have a much better idea of who this team is, where they're going. Uh, so, But I'm never going to try to be optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just going to try to always be a realist and calls it like I sees it. Luke Wright in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott. How are we doing? Doing well. And another day to be alive. The air quality is actually cleaned out here in Seattle for a couple days with a uh, low pressure system coming through. So I'm feeling pretty good. I actually can walk the dog without having to You know, feel my eyes burn a little bit, which is great. Um, Dave Glassman coming in here with the hearts and the support. Dave, I saw Dave drop a like guys be like Dave. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you drop a like on the way in. We got sunny days too saying, make sure to hit that like on the way in, everyone. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, Kevin Seven's coming in saying, fellas, I'm in India right now. Mm. Cool. Never been. Probably cool. I can't take us being this bad. I'm starting to realize that maybe Russ is washed. Sad face. What do you think about this? Is the media and the fan base laying on Russell Wilson too hard? Was it that he was built up to be something he was not before the season? Is it the injury? Uh, What's going on with your perception of how the Broncos, Broncos country is perceiving?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: That's Unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash BlueWire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
1: Russell Wilson.
2: There's a lot going on. I don't think He's done. I don't think he's washed because that would mean that most of, <clears throat> and this is a debate, you know, where do you think the biggest problems of this team are? I think it's between the court. It's number three on, on Russell Wilson comes in number three on my list for me. One is offensive line. Two becomes Nathaniel Hackett's coordination and direction of this team before I get to, and then we can start talking about the injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the losses to this team that we, I, I've said it a few times, uh, but is Noah Fant. You know, you've lost if if Tim Patrick and Noah Fant, what was that? 150 catches, you know, gone from this offense. Um, Jerry Judy has yet to step up uh in a in a big way to become an, an alpha dog type. You got Sutton, and then you got you know ha- Hamler, who is has been ignored to this point. He's ready. Let's use him. And hopefully you'll get Greg Dulcich back, which will give you another big target. We've talked about Nick, and I agree with you that, you know, it takes a while for, you know, a tight end to hit their stride, you know, maybe in a full package. Yes. Where I yeah. can put them out there for 60 plays and, you know, I can trust him in line blocking and, and all of that stuff, but for, to just be a pass receiver, that's not hard. That that's not hard for him to know. Okay. This is your route re- tree. This is, this is where you should expect the ball. That's not hard. Yeah. So he can be make an impact. And frankly, the bar's been set so low, but I don't know. Short answer. No, I don't think Russ, um, I almost called him Russell cooked. Uh, I do not think Russell Wilson is, is, is done. I I don't, I've seen enough to know that he's,
1: it's still there. He's, he can still get it done. Yeah. And for me, I think the, the issue is just expectations versus reality Uh, people. And it's not Russ's fault really, but people expected him coming in and, you know, the Peyton Manning esque stat line and ability. And it took Peyton a little bit too, uh, but Russell's never been, you know, the Star Wars number type of quarterback. He's never really been Aaron Rodgers. He's never been Patrick Mahomes. You know, just what we're seeing with Josh Allen right now, Lamar Jackson. You know, he's, he's a very, very good quarterback been top, you know, seven for most of his career, pretty consistently. What is it? Nine pro bowls and 10 seasons or something like that. That's crazy good. Uh, but that's not this league altering, you know, MVP front runner type of quarterback every single year. And and to be fair, hasn't he played for the same coach in the same basic system with philosophy
2: his entire career? So we wouldn't weren't sure. Um, You know, again, drop him in new Orleans with Sean Payton the last five years and then come talk to me.
1: Yeah. To be fair. I mean, it's the same coach, but the offensive philosophies in theory changed Uh, like the Daryl Bevel, the Schottenheimer offense, the, they have a San Francisco West coast offense guy there in Seattle last season and still there. So, everything did tend to devolve back to the Russell Wilson, you know, layups versus three pointer type of offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, same, I guess like same culture in place, a lot of the same uh, tenants, but uh yep. Um Enjoy India, Kevin. No oh, God, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Bama X coming in saying good morning, Broncos country, man. I am stoked to the max for this week's uh, college football games, Alabama, number three, I think going into number six, Tennessee should be a, Heck of a matchup. Uh, Hendon Hooker has been a fun quarterback to watch this season. Hopefully Bryce Young is healthy because Hooker versus Young might be one of the best quarterback matchups we've gotten so far this year. Uh, so a lot of fun and watching a lot of college football still with the draft lens for or for Scott over here for the uh, the Falcons, who, who knows what they're going to go with in the draft. Philip coming in saying, morning, guys. Good to see you. Greg Smith with the f- food emojis and the coffee saying, good morning. We got Lance Johnson coming in saying, good morning, fellas. The sun came up again today. Yes, it did. Uh, Nick D saying the helmets should be like guardian caps uh, for the offensive line and defensive line. I don't know enough of the specifics for the offensive line and defensive line guardian caps. I th- I thought that the the primary use of that wasn't to limit concussions, but rather to protect hands, um, like the quarterbacks' hands or players' hands when they're flailing around up there, hand fighting. Uh, but if they believe those would also reduce concussions, give it to me. Oh, they look dumb. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather not see Tua Tagovailoa look like he's going to throw up and his eyes an like epileptic seizure mm-hmm. on the
2: ground. Um yes. and, and and frankly the concussions aren't as big a problem in the trenches because the collisions aren't as uh there's not as much velocity. Yeah. The uh you know it, what is it momentum equals mass times velocity squared. You know, you square the velocity. Mm-hmm. So the faster they're going, it's exponential on the speed of the impact and again, they're belly to belly you know, they're there. It's not it's the, the concussions aren't as as big a problem for the guys blocking as it is for the guys tackling and being tackled because of the nature of, of the game itself. I, I ran a combine a long, long time ago and one of the sponsors came in. It was Under Armour and they didn't want the, the offensive lineman doing one on ones without pads. I'm like, but you want them? you're OK with them doing seven on sevens. I'm, I'm much more worried about the safeties, you know, about four. 17 year old kids looking up at the air at one spot at a ball and coming together than I am about 300 pound guys bumping bellies. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it was, it was ridiculous. So, um, <clears throat> if I'm going guardian caps, I'm going to mandate it for one position. It's going to be the skill guys, not the big dudes in the, in the trenches.
1: Yeah. But that's kind of my point, right? Like are the guardian caps actually reducing concussions or they pr- provide right. any soft service to protect the hands and the digits the and math cut yeah. in there, but they're so,
2: they're so taped up and everything yeah. in there. It's like, they're out there with casts anyway. Yeah. Clubs, Um, the, you know, the bigger danger for the big dudes is unfortunately, as we know, is people
1: rolling up on their Getting legs rolled up on. Yep. <sighs> Which is kind of leading us to our topic today, but we want to say hello to some more people first Dom out there in Albuquerque saying, good morning, Nick Scott and Broncos country Broncos might suck. They don't suck. They're in the group of, you know, treasury uh, right now. That is most of the NFL. Okay. They've, they've not played great. But they're two and three, and God, there are so many teams that are two win, three win teams right now. There's just a huge middle class. Uh, the offense the sucks. The offense has. Sucked. The offense has sucked. Yeah, yep.
2: overall, but there's the special teams have been good, the defense has been good, and you're hovering right at 500. Yep. So um, the offense has sucked. Yep. No two ways about
1: that one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, unfortunately, that's true. But uh, nowhere to go but up, mostly. Uh, but he says uh, Broncos might suck, but we aren't choke artists like the Raiders who always blow a lead. They beat us. So I'm having a little bit of hard time talking too much crap on them. But, uh, you know, good to see the Raiders get beat last night and uh, maybe lower the number of teams in the middle class. Uh, made me laugh hard last night. Bring on the Chargers. Let's go have that mile high magic, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Dom. Funny to see that last night. Did you see uh, the real,
2: real quick on this one? Um, there, there's there been an element in the chat. Uh, you can, You can it's it's not Dom. So we can take Dom oh. off the screen. Uh, There's been an element in the chat lately and it seems to be going from one person to two people to three people to four people of the negativity and the name calling and the turning on one another. It's going to stop. Just, just stop. Uh, I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, I will ban your asses from the chat. I don't want it in here. It's not what we're about and we're not going to have any more. So just knock it off.
1: Thank you very much. Message brought to you by Scott and the sunshine friends, (laughs) whatever the hell that means. Um, the, James coming in, too, saying it's beyond time for the NFL to embrace not just uh, embrace technology, not just tackle technique, but things like chain measurements, concussion management, detection, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, God, this is a billion-dollar industry, and you know what's really going to be the pusher for evolution here in the technology in the NFL realm to get things right? Gambling. There is so much money being exchanged with the NFL the gambling becoming legal in all these states that if they're getting these calls wrong, that could be easily right with, you know, a microchip in the football to get the spot exactly right or a uh, quick review from a booth somewhere else. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, so, I mean, heck, that's just that's just another chance for more commercials in these games as well. I don't ever feel like it's not like baseball. No offense, Scott. I know baseball's still going there. Baseball is dead to me for the season uh, <laughs> with the Cardinals going out. But it's not like baseball where you know, the games are three, three and a half hours long, and they're doing everything they can to limit the game, shorten it a bit. NFL, I mean, people are still tuning in and sticking around for that. So I think that they definitely should be looking at these um, areas, technology to improve the calls upon the game and maybe remove some of that human aspect that is the officiating. It's 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 tough. Um, watching college
2: right now is dreadful mm-hmm. um, with all of the stops. You know, I, I not I don't necessarily like the challenge, system because it shouldn't yep. be up to the uh the guys on the sidelines to make the officials do their jobs correctly so I haven't always liked that but if you remember way back when instant replay was put in to mm-hmm. to correct the egregious not to check on this far of uh is did he make the first down or not you know the it's it's so I've always said man put a 20 second clock on it you know, just twenty seconds, and you can do that between plays. And if you've got to stop it because someone thinks they're getting away with one, okay, that's fine. But twenty seconds. If I can't tell in twenty seconds, then play ball. It's not egregious. You know, it's you know the the old clear and obvious. If I don't have twenty seconds, it should be clear and obvious. If it takes me any longer than that, guess what? Guess what? It's not Nick. If it takes me fifteen camera angles to figure it out, guess what? It's not. It's not clear and obvious. 30 seconds at
1: most, move on, and you can get a lot of these things right. Yeah, 100%. Uh, We got Justin May coming in saying, don't understand why Butch Berry, Broncos offensive line coach Butch Berry, uh, doesn't get more criticism. The offensive line has to be bottom five this year. I understand last year they were just average, but gosh, watching it looks awful. Justin, if you've been tuning in here, you know that we've been critical of Butch Berry on uh, multiple shows, and he's been one of the ones that I have uh, definitely not held back on. And I keep saying, this is the same exact had been pretty much the same exact offensive line as last season, uh, specifically the interior trio. And they look so much worse. Some of that is scheme. Some of that is maybe the quarterback change is going on there, but the biggest difference I believe is going from Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper, whose Vikings offensive line looks pretty good uh, to Butch Berry. Butch Berry should definitely uh, be getting on the hot seat. Uh, he definitely deserves criticism. Well, and,
2: and part of it, most people don't know who the offensive line coaches That's, are. That's exactly they just, it. They just don't. I mean, I couldn't have told you. I'm. We're here every single day. I'm on here at least twice a day, except Saturdays. So I'm on mm-hmm. a Broncos pod, either producing or here 10 times a week. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have told you the name of the offensive line coach. I could tell you that we've definitely said the offensive line has regressed and we need to take a look at the coaching. And I know who it, the former one was, because there's been calls. Shouldn't have let that guy go. Mm-hmm. But most of the time. Until it gets this bad, that's the first time I think I could have told you I've heard the name Butch Berry. You know, yeah. it's it's just – it's not a glamorous position, kind of like the offensive line itself. Uh, you're not getting a lot – if you're hearing your name, something's probably wrong. And we've gotten to that point that I uh, I, I think, again, <sighs> the, the, the offensive line wasn't good and now they've regressed. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've regressed. Uh, from from year to year
1: yep not great uh not great at all we got blank coming in here on twitch with the russell wilson with the uh the mickey mouse hand holding the football there <laughs> love it uh good to see a blank over there on twitch gordon coming and saying all that hype for absolutely nothing we suck unreal what's going on don't bury this team just yet there's a lot of football yet to be played uh, but they do have to get the offensive line uh right no doubt about that um but as far as uh Did we get Joseph's comment here? Good morning, Nick and Scott of Turner. Miners are back. Who is the best starting offensive line in your opinion? Well, I think you have Turner at right tackle still. You have Miners at right guard.
2: You had some news about left tackle. If you wanted to, you you wanted to make that discussion, what could possibly
1: happen here? Yeah, it does. Okay. Well, heard it from a few different people now. Um, As far as the Broncos left tackle situation goes and everybody, you know, when Garrett Bowles goes down, just immediately assumes uh, Calvin Anderson's going to be the left tackle plug and play. You know, he was fighting there for right tackle, always looked better, more comfortable left tackle. Doesn't sound like that's going to be the case uh, from what I've gathered so far. Um, and this has not been, you know, directly from Broncos coach or anything. So things could still change after the, this upcoming week of practice. But it sounds like right now, Cam Fleming is actually going to be the first in line for that left tackle spot. They've enjoyed, I've uh, been impressed with what he's done at right tackle so far this season. And uh sounds like he's going to get first uh, first crack at left tackle so i would not be surprised at all if cam fleming's is starting left tackle left guard Reisner, center sil cushionberry right guard miners and then right tackle uh, billy turner
2: Well, you know, the, the whole thing, it sends up a red flag to me anyway when you mm-hmm. say, oh, he's better at left tackle than right tackle. That, that's, that's not how it works. Um, you know, to, the, the progression goes, best offensive lineman, left tackle. Then I move him to right tackle. If he's not quite good enough there, I get an upgrade, and I move him to right tackle. Then if I don't have him, if he's not working on a right tackle, then I try guard. If it's not working guard, they're off the team. So, say, oh, he wasn't very good at right tackle. Let's put him at left tackle. Mm, no, that's not how it works. If he was replaced at right tackle, which he was, then it's an emergency situation to say he's going in at left tackle. Yeah. Now, would you say, okay, we've, you know, Fleming's been playing okay at right tackle. We don't want to upset two positions. We don't want to make two positions worse. We would put him in in this spot if that was all we could do. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But to say oh yeah this he, he he's not a very good right tackle he's a better left tackle it doesn't work that way 99 times out of 100 so it doesn't surprise me nick when you were to, when you told me that if billy turner is healthy they would just as soon move fleming over to left tackle and they don't really want anderson at all when they let when they when anderson played in the preseason first game and was replaced by fleming i that told me plain and simple they don't want anderson in there unless they they don't want
1: him in there at all if they can help it. Yeah, we got Maddie coming in over on Facebook saying Russ is not washed, not maximizing Russ's full potential. Let Russ roll out and stop trying to keep him in the pocket. The issue with these rollout actions is that typically they come with a play action under center, and you need to have the perceived threat of a run game. Otherwise, these pass rushers are going to be able to pin their ears back with Russ's back to the line of scrimmage, where he doesn't have time to react. Uh, to the pass rush. So um, the rollouts, the movement and whatnot, they all stem off of a somewhat competent threat of a run game that the Broncos simply do not have right now uh, because the offensive line is struggling to, to function uh, in the run game right now. They're one of the worst run blocking offenses in football uh, so far this season. And specifically on the interior, they're not working that outside zone. Uh, they can't move well enough to operate the outside zone. They don't have the the type of athletes that you're looking for for that scheme. So I agree with you. Ideally, you're seeing Russ, you know, being outside of the pocket. Uh, but right now he's trying to play like Drew Brees and the accuracy, the quick game. It's just not there to operate uh, like a Drew Brees, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. And you Nick said, it. I'll, I'll say it just, you know, real clearly. Just watch the center position. Okay. When, when you snap the ball <laughs> and you're getting driven back three yards off the snap. It's hard to do anything in the pocket, and the, the play action, the all of that stuff, the rollouts, the naked boots, bootleg move in the pocket. Most of that starts under center, and you know when you're dropping three, you know you're you're taking the step one, two, three, and your center is in your lap before you can even get your feet set. It becomes real tough, and you know you can do some different things, um, but you know when you're when you're head up on the center, it doesn't matter if it's play pass. Uh, Run or pass. I know I can just fire off straight off of that center and I'm going to be an effective defensive lineman if I can drive him backwards, no matter the play call. So you've got to be able to get some competency at that position
1: because it's you're weak in the gut right now hundred percent really weak in the gut. Uh, blank coming in talking about that saying behind our offensive line and quarterbacks look washed. Oh, see Patrick having first coming sorry, in. The I did to step on that one. I thought we were moving on. Apologies. Nope. It's okay. I always like to give our Twitch guys a little time. And thank you, see Patrick for the uh, support, the silent one. We always appreciate you. I'm saying every quarterback that's been here has been sacked, hurt and discouraged. We're uh, on our way to ruining another. See, I thought the offensive line last season was average and you can get done with average. If your quarterback is, top 12 which we did not have here last year uh obviously you always want to add to the offensive line in every position uh but they really have regressed this season and the other thing is we've had this conversation on here many times you guys I hate to rehash arguments again but just with how russell wilson plays at the quarterback position because he is it probably a below average quarterback let's just say that in the quick game specifically in the quick game what does that mean it means your run game has to supplant the quick game. It's not like Tom Brady where, oh, the Patriots aren't running the football. Okay. Who cares? He's getting the ball out quickly to wide or to running backs and tight ends. That's essentially an extension of the run game. That's not Russell Wilson's game. He's a home runner layup kind of quarterback. And in order to work that you need to have a competent threat and efficiency from the run game, which the Broncos do not have right now. Obviously you lose a lot of that with Javante Williams going out for the season. Uh, but the biggest culprit right now is the offensive line and also the the personnel packages tipping their hands. Like if Tomlinson or Saubert's out there, guess what? It's probably a run play. If I, Albert <laughs> Okoyebenham's out there, guess what? It's probably a pass play. So personnel's hurting a little bit of that as well. Wide receivers blocking Jerry Judy. I watched the All-22 of the Colts game. Jerry Judy had like four or five whiffed blocks. Honestly, who was the most surprising blocker in that entire game, Scott? K.J. Hamler. KJ Hamler is out there getting his like head in there. He was doing the dirty walk. That dirty work. That dude deserves some targets with uh, the work he was doing in the run game out there. I, I
2: think we'll see it. i am gonna set the over under at
1: five. Five targets for KJ Hamler in the next game. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce Deuce coming in saying, Come on, Russ brought expectations. What about Super Bowl cleats? No, it's whatever. James you know, Tennessee.
2: Some of it's self inflicted. You know, yeah. it's not like we're just we're up here saying, you know, it was Super Bowl or bus. We heard it from the players themselves. You know, this isn't just a bunch of media hype. Um, We're buying into it. There was a comment when, uh, you know, you asked me, you know, did you watch OTAs? I'm like, well, there was like 90 seconds of highlights, but, you know, I think that was all that was available, and I don't consider that watching OTAs, and frankly, I don't watch OTAs anyway, and there was a comment on YouTube that someone says, sometimes it really sucks that you can tell Scott's not a Denver Broncos fan. I mean, he's not even watching OTAs. I'm like, man, I wouldn't walk across the street to watch anybody. OTAs. You don't learn anything. Uh, you, you can find out if someone's moving. Okay. If they're coming off an injury, that's it. That's about it. And I don't need to spend three hours and all my time trying to do that because otherwise you get sold a bill of goods when it's same on same and you don't, you don't learn anything from, from OTAs. So going back to, you know, the media hyping things up, you know, I don't remember hearing any big red flags coming out of preseason practice about this looks bad. You know, the offensive line isn't getting a push. Um, you know, you can't tell with the type, offensive line.
1: That that's that's thing. like,
2: yeah. But you know what you I mean? Out. Yeah. You know, you don't know anything about a team until you go up against somebody that's trying to put your ass in the ground
1: hundred percent. That's what we do every morning in here. Try to put each other's asses in the ground. That's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> Albert Knoppers. Good morning to you, Albert. Hope you're doing well. Richard coming back in with a third super chat today. It says optimists and pessimists are wrong, but optimism feels better. Yes, it does. Um, See, and then I'm
2: such a pessimist. I always said that optimist
1: is like blind hope and faith, and a pessimist is a synonym
2: for reality. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, always borrow money from a pessimist.
1: They don't expect to get paid back. Yeah, no, it's... uh. I'm definitely more of an optimist when, uh, like, I'm out on a hike. Sometimes people get, like, slightly annoyed by me on a hike because I'm, like, you know, trucking uphill. I'm like, wow, look at this. And I'm, like, you know, panting whatever. I'm, like, type 2 fun. Or, you know, like, we're getting eaten by mosquitoes out <laughs> in the tent, you know, 20 miles from civilization or 20 miles from the trailhead, if you call it trailhead civilization. And it's like, oh, man, this is miserable. I'm like, no, man, I'd I'd rather be here than anywhere else. <laughs> this yeah. is no big deal. Uh, Jay Roper coming in saying, Nick, are you ready to hop on, on the over overhaul the medical and training staff as data guys think it's time, the injuries and type of injuries screaming evidence. I'd want to, t- this is just me. I'd want to talk with some experts in the field of these sports injuries, uh, go over the types of injuries, the timelines of the injuries. And even then you're still not going to have all the data. Cause just like any sort of uh, injury that happens, it's very personal to the individual. There's a lot of data that goes into assessing that individual's injury. Uh, but it's definitely something where, At least I'm open to it. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, scream about the medical staff uh, because, again, I I trust what I can see and what I know. And that's why I'm sitting here, you know, talking with Scott about OTAs, uh, waiting to preseason, gathering more data. Even, you know, five weeks in, I'm like, you know, I'm I'm discouraged right now. Let's give it another three weeks to see what it looks like still. So I'm not going to be piling on them. However, if there are experts in the field uh, that are, you know, screaming about the medical staff not being good enough. That's a concern. I just, there are hamstrings injuries that are popping up. You know, the soft tissue injuries. Those are the ones that are the red flags. Knee injuries, concussions, crap like that. I mean, that's a concern. I guess walking it back here real quick to end this rant, though. My big one here with the medical staff is who, and we'll see how it plays out, but who okayed the signings of Compton and Turner? And do we see those guys? What do they look like this season? Because if you're giving the green flag to guys who are not even going to play this season or like play. And then, you know, let's say I don't even want to breathe it, but let's see how they play. But if they don't turn out, okay. Signings this season, that's where I'm a little bit concerned. Why, why would you okay this when this is obvious then later on, it's like, Oh, it's not getting any better. Yep. We've, uh, we've talked about that um as well, where
2: you're having trouble keeping guys healthy, getting guys healthy. And now you're signing guys that are injured that aren't playing. I've got big questions for that. If I'm owner, you know I might have more money than I'll ever freaking need, but you know, that's still millions of dollars that I'm just writing checks for and not getting anything out of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, if we did that, if you signed a guy, if you drafted a guy that has contributed as little as some signing a guy, if you drafted a guy you're expecting to be a starter that played as little because he wasn't good enough, you'd have questions of your scouting department and whoever okayed that and the process that went through it. I think it's absolutely okay. And at this point I'm ready to have a seance, man, an exorcism or something. You know, it's yeah. this will be uh, there'll be three years now where I'll have to look it up. I just did a quick Google search before, and it was games lost to injury, and the Broncos were like 28th and 29th the last two seasons. You know, there's there it's stacking up. You know, is it the oxygen in the blood that makes it easier to pull? You know, uh, pull hamstrings. I I don't know, yeah. but it
1: you're you're definitely hitting the areas for concerns for sure. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's randomness, but if it happens, you know, five years in a row, then maybe there's a trend there and you need to at least do the research for it. And guess what? This is another thing where you got Mr. Moneybags and Mrs. Moneybags coming in for the Broncos and where, where are areas where there is no limitation on where you can spend money, have the most cutting edge medical facilities, sports training staff that you, that money can buy and uh, hopefully that makes a difference out there. Throw money at the problem, uh, the Waltons, please. Uh, let talk about money at problems. Uh, jetty Splash has, has singles. It's more painfully annoying to hear how we're bringing in new people without focusing on our offensive line. Actually, shingles is more painful, I lied. Sorry to hear about shingles, uh, Jetty Splash. I'll peel back the curtain here just a little bit on myself. I work in vaccine research and have worked on the uh, Shingrex vaccine, so there is a vaccine out there to hopefully limit it. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of the politic political, di- political diatribe that uh, associates with that. But uh, hopefully you'll feel better soon. I've had family members with sh- shingles. Somebody had it on their eyeball. God, I can't imagine a worse hell. Uh, so hopefully you feel better soon, man. That really sucks. I feel bad for you.
2: Yep. Yep, hmm. I agree. Uh, Miguel coming in. Coming in green. Appreciate the super coming on YouTube. Miguel says, good morning, fellas. YouTube. Who would have thought? Uh, hope Broncos country is having a good day. Uh, the, the farther you get away from that last game the more that the optimism starts co- coming up for this next game um you'd think you'd think it's mm-hmm. it's tough it's it, you're in a tough spot right now uh, all it takes is one good performance to change everything around you're sitting there at three and three you know you hang around 500 for 14 weeks you're in the playoff hunt you got a mm-hmm. chance at this thing
1: yep Hundred percent. We also got Matt Henry coming in over on Facebook saying, "Good morning Broncos for breakfast." If we get a new head coach next year, who would you guys like to see take over the coaching role? Well, I will say that uh, last year at this time, the hot name was uh, Kellen Mond, and uh, he fell off really more. Kellen Moore, excuse me. Kellen Mond is the quarterback. Yes, Kellen Moore. Yes, excuse me. Not that Kellen Moore wasn't, but yeah, no, but uh, Kellen. Kellen Moore, former quarterback at Boise, who really fell off there with the Cowboys at the end. So I want to see what the end of the season looks like. Um, the names right now that I think would make a lot of sense uh, to me. Um, obviously, Sean Payton, you'd probably have to trade. Uh, to You would have to trade to get him here. He's still under contract with the Saints. But he's or one send keep. cash. That was or something I, I said last year. It's like you don't have to... You'd have to
2: compensate that it's compensation. You'd have to mm-hmm. compensate the Saints for them to release his him from his contract. But the compensation, we're used to just hearing players and and draft picks. It doesn't wouldn't have to be. You could yeah. send them a boatload of money. You could send them 20 million dollars and say, uh, we wanna we wanna buy out the rights to his contract. It's it's how soccer works, and it works mm-hmm. like this a lot in in non-player moves where you can you can <clears throat> take advantage of being a filthy rich owner and, and send the send the Saints a bunch of money. Yeah, that would be a good
1: one. Um, I got to say, I've been really, really impressed with uh, DeMarco Ryan uh, over DeMico. with... D'Amico, excuse me. D'Amico mm-hmm. Ryan uh, with the 49ers. That 49ers team, the coverages they're playing and how just seamless they are, going from Robert Salah to uh, this defense, the 49ers are running with uh, D'Amico Ryan. He seems like he, has, he should be getting... Uh, interviews as well. Now the big thing with the Broncos is that I've been really impressed with uh Evero. Uh, and can you bring in somebody that would be okay keeping him? I mean, I know that's pie in the sky. If a new coach comes in, he's going to want to bring in his own guys, blah, 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 blah. But uh, D'Amico Ryans and uh, Sean Payton seem like to be the two right now that are really, really stand out for me, but I'd have to do more research on this. <laughs> I'm still in the, I'm, I'm critical of Hackett, but he at least deserves uh, the season to see what it looks like. And if we can have some forward positive momentum. Yeah. When I see taking over, I almost think that is an in season move. And I would probably mm. go as giro
2: Evero as an intern. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I was going to do something like that and then see how they responded, you know, and if he wins four games then the season, I wouldn't can him Raiders. Mm. Um, You know, that's I, I, I bring in, uh, I might give him a chance at the, at the role. If uh you know, if he wins the last four games of the season and everybody is playing their butts off for him.
1: Yeah. Said, hello to Aniso. Morning, y'all. Good to see you. Tim Durr coming in saying, there does need to be some shifting on the offensive line, starting with Cushionberry. I've tried to take up for him, but he's not improved. If anything, he's regressed uh, since last season, which is unfortunate given the uh, the narratives that surrounded Cushionberry this offseason turned out to be a bunch of uh, hoopla, unfortunately. But uh, I think Cushionberry, because of the running the scheme, the transition from you know the, the snap exchange and whatnot, He's probably one of the last ones that you're going to see a shift if cushion, So first you're going to see the sh- Quinn Miners getting uh re-entered into the offensive line and Billy Turner going in there with somebody something happened at left tackle. I think that's without a doubt. Um the next question then for me becomes the next I guess the next hurdle for uh shifting is the bye week. I think after the bye week if Cushionberry is still playing this bad, you have then 14 days to work on the center snap exchange between uh, Russell Wilson, and probably Graham Glasgow. I, th- I don't think they'd throw in Luke Wattenberg, but uh, Graham Glasgow. The other one then is if the offensive line is still really struggling to move people with the addition of Quinn Miners, you probably have to look over at center and left guard. Maybe Tom Compton then, uh, if he's healthy, after the bye week, which is what I've heard they're aiming for. Uh, might get a shot over Dalton Reisner. Maybe Dalton Reisner's traded uh, by then if the Broncos are struggling and you have to play somebody else. You're not going to get a lot for him. You're probably getting, you know, it's kind of the Malik Reed special where you're getting a six round pick in return for Dalton Reisner and a seven or a fifth round pick and for Dalton Reisner and a seven, but that adds up, you know, you, you can trade that f- fifth round pick for three sevenths. Then if you want more picks. Uh But right now, yeah, Kush is definitely a, a weak link. I would say he's probably the weakest on the offensive line right now, but Glasgow and Reisner are not too far behind, unfortunately, or ahead, I guess.
2: Yeah. There's, there's the key here is having the healthy bodies to have options. You know, we talk about that all the time, Nick, with contracts, with players, you want to have the options out there when you're just stuck, you get that hopeless feeling. It's uh, you know, how is it going? How's it going to get better when the, the, you can't change the personnel competition will help for sure. You know, and then maybe one of the new guys can play better. Um, you know, it's, some of it you you like to say, well, the, this guy's a starter for a reason. Why would you think his backup's just going to be better? Well, we haven't seen healthy backups. We haven't seen any of these guys play healthy yet. There's two, two guys you sign to come in and compete. We haven't seen. So hopefully they can come in and at least elevate the level of one or two positions to average. And then you get a plus in Quinn Miners. All of a sudden, your offensive line starts looking
1: a lot better internally without having to make any big changes. Yeah. And I think, again, just all comes back to for me, the functionality of this offense. You need to be able to run the ball efficiently. I mean, I haven't, I don't know if this data is out there or is accessible. It's out there, but I don't know if it's accessible for me. But the average yards to go on third down or the average, you know, EPA on first down versus second down, uh, the Broncos right now, it seems like constantly behind the sticks uh, for two years, for two years, but this year too. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been more than two years, Scott. I know, but but we said that all last year too. You're you're in your, your
2: defense is in third and two and third and one all game. And your offense is in third and eight Mm -hmm. all
1: game long. Yep. And that seems like that's been the case this season. This season's more, that issue is more exacerbated by penalties, uh, than last season as well. So at least you have something that's a little bit more correctable than just, we're getting our ass kicked and can't get the yards. Uh, but, uh, Right now, I think the Broncos have to be bottom 10 in average yards to go on third down, uh, and that is hurting them a lot. And because of that, you know if the big difference between third and two and third and eight is that third and eight, you're playing empty set or 11 personnel out of shotgun, where third and two, you can be under center and 12 personnel or pro formation and uh, actually use that deep drop back game. Hell, uh, you're hunting for big plays with Russell Wilson, those throwaway downs where it's second and two, that's when you hunt, that's when you're looking for the big plays, and it's just constantly... Uh, you're having to fight for every single yard where you don't have the luxury of hunting for those big plays because you're trying to live uh, by getting the first down. So, um, and I think a lot of that, a lot of that can be corrected if the running game was just a little bit better, specifically with the run blocking, but they're just, they're just not there right now. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. And again, it all comes back
2: to the offensive yeah. line. I'm not, we can move on a little bit because I'll keep saying it. Um, you know, the, the I'm, I'm a little bit farther down in the chat and the discussion is like, well, we would have been better off if, you know, th- those are hindsight moves. Is there anybody mm-hmm. that, that, that at the time that said, okay, this is a trade we shouldn't have made. You know, I'm not going to regrade this in hindsight. I think it was mm-hmm. still a good trade for the Broncos at the time, whether it works out, you don't know. You know, we've said that about it Nathaniel Hackett, what, what you, there's a lot of unknown there, but I yeah. think it was a good trade to make. Um, giving all that up for Aaron Rodgers for a short-term gain was a little scarier with his age. You've got a two, three year window, um, but you're expecting, you know, competent plus top 10 quarterback play from Russell Wilson. And is it all again? I I just go back. It's like, it's, it's not all just on, on Russell Wilson, but the offensive line, you've got some free agency money next year. The offensive line needs to be
1: addressed in a big, big way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And luckily that's one area where the Broncos can throw some cash at it. And uh, they have two spots right now that look like they can throw some cash at three spots. They can throw some cash at and really improve. Uh, Ashton coming in saying, get in watch live. Feels like Nick disappears for a few shows and those are the same ones we're missing. Ashton, they're going to figure out that you've been hiking with me. Uh, I guess he's a Nick Kendall fanboy. Well, appreciate that. Um, Brad D coming in saying with a patchwork offensive line and generally torpid offense, the scheme is to be adjusted. You're limited to the style of quarterback that you have no matter what. And with Russell Wilson, you have to be able to run the football. And right now they can't, so the offense looks bad. Uh, The big one for me, and I posted this yesterday, Scott, I don't know if you saw this, but the Broncos uh, third down and red zone numbers, horrible so far this season. I don't know if you, did you see this tweet? How bad these numbers actually are? No, but I mean, you can't have converted third down more than twice in the red zone all season. They were really good against the 49ers um on third down which is a surprise no in one. the red zone oh in you the, red, in the red, zone. red zone very often that was the yes. you were you were talking about that when you said in the yes. red zone um yeah red zone <laughs> so third down conversions this season uh after five weeks the broncos have converted 22 out of 72 attempts on third down typically teams hover around 50% 50 percent ish the broncos right now are at 30.6 percent not great then you get to the red zone conversion right now what is a red zone conversion that means you're scoring touchdowns not that you're kicking field goals although There maybe should be another number there for not getting any points in the red zone versus three because the Broncos would be bad there as well. Um, But the Broncos in the red zone so far this season, this one is painful, Scott. Three for 14 on the year. Three for 14 coming in at a 21.4%. Both of those, I didn't do this for the entire league. Both of those have to be near bottom five in the NFL. And uh, that's not getting it done. So talking about the, the scheme if you don't trust your team to run the football, especially on the interior offensive line, you to play, you know, man up kind of blocking scheme. You're not going to be able to run the balls effectively in that zone. So I think that's a big one. Also the tight ends, uh, utilizing the red zone, been struggling there. There's a lot of drop passes in those areas and just not converting the touchdowns. So I don't know what adjustments can be really made other than Russell Wilson, getting better in the scheme and making better reads, um, you know, hitting the guys that are open, which he mm-hmm. did not do against the Colts. And, uh, Hopefully, getting you know, spreading the love. I mean, if Judy's open, get the ball to Judy. If Hamler's open, get the ball to Hamler. If Sutton's open, get the ball to Sutton.
2: And Quinn Miners at right guard, you've got a, a better chance of running the ball too. Yeah. So you know that changes things. You get down in the red zone, you convert. You're you're because you're not just converting on third down. You're you're better on first down. You're better on you know an incompletion on first down. Every offensive coordinator in the history of this game runs the ball on second and ten. If they mm-hmm. if they if it was an incompletion, they come back with a run. And instead of second and nine, maybe your second year, I mean, instead of third and nine, maybe your third and six, third and five, because you're able to shorten those distances. Everything gets better. I said I wasn't going to keep beating this dead horse, but I'm gonna. Everything gets better when your offensive line improves. Quinn Miners will improve the offensive line. The rest of it, we're not sure about. We'd like Mm -hmm. to think that the competition and the guys you brought in to start will improve the offensive line. What we know as Quinn miners will make this offensive line better. Better offensive line will lead to better offense. Period. Even if it's incremental, incremental adds up. When you start talking about those percentages, you know, what's the difference between conversion on third and eight and third and six? Probably 50% increase on, on, on doing that on your on your conversion rates across the NFL. You know, it might be 15 to 30 percent. That's a hundred percent improvement rate. Those little mm. things start to matter when
1: you can when you're incrementally better on the offensive line yep yeah it's uh got to get better here john coming in saying uh, scott this is a question for you explain why the raiders went for two last night to close out the game uh coaching the nfl's lacking this year
2: go for the win while you got the momentum you're on the road uh there's an old saying in baseball when you're on the road you play for the win and not the tie you play for the tie at home uh 60 points being scored it's not like people were stopping anybody Um, there was still enough time on the clock too, that you weren't stopping Travis Kelsey either that, uh, you know, you wanted to, you, you, want to have, if, if I get a stop, I want to win it. So I I get it. I I get it. I don't, I don't mind that I'm one in three. I'm not playing for a freaking tie. You know, it's, I got a chance to, you got a chance to beat the chiefs with a two point play. Take your freaking shot. Take your shot. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that.
1: I am. Sweep the leg right now. Um, but yeah, no, I think a lot of times teams in that situation will go for two and go for the win. The big thing for me in that one is. I feel like Patrick Mahomes can get down the field instantly. So like going for two versus going for one doesn't change things. It's not a big difference, but
2: at least yeah. if you get a stop, you win. You, yeah. you, you get the if, win and not just, okay, we got to stop
1: it. Now we got to stop him again. Yeah. And then you have Devontae Adams shoving a, Sound guy at the end of the game, he apologized on Twitter saying that guy came out of nowhere. Watching the video, it did not look like the guy came out of nowhere. Uh, and it sounds like the league is looking at uh, potential uh, discipline for there'll, Devontae they discipline. He won't. He won't get away with that scot free. No pun intended. Just like this show, not scot free. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Gray, morning Broncos country. Nick Scott came in late. Go uh, late. Go to started. Watch Denver Broncos for life. All right, Kevin Gray, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you. Um, t- well tofu start. Going back to the start. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Tofu coming in, and I can't believe we are legitimately talking about firing the head coach five games. Got to have a little patience. There's no way Peyton moves on from his first head coach hire after one season. Peyton has to answer the new offensive or the new uh, regime, the new owners here. And five, uh, the guys that just spent $5 billion will have a bigger say in this than George Peyton. 100%. So he gets the year. And again, there has to be a lot of factors to it. Like the Broncos have to fall so flat on their face. There has to be like lack of institutional control. There has to be dissent in the locker room. There has to be like kind of like, uh, in the scene, one of Hackett's favorite movies, Step Brothers, where they come in. Oh, you're interviewing in suits. And then, you know, John C. Riley just rips a nasty one in there. And it's like, you just fart. Is that like onions and ketchup? Now the tuxes seem a little bit effed up. Um, that's uh, a <laughs> is that reference over yeah, your head there, Scott? Yeah, derailed. Now, have you seen Step Brothers? I haven't. OK, that's a. You always make the movie references in here. Step Brothers is a very good one. I'm a, I I like Will Ferrell, but that's one of his best uh, best movies he's had, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> Scott um, hasn't seen but, Step Brothers. That's why. Yeah, I,
2: I would, going back to this tofu, after five games, it's too soon. Um, we we might find out a little bit about the, the knee-jerk reaction of the owners. I don't think they honestly are going to care enough that they would make a move like this mid-season, but on this track, absolutely, he would move on after one year. Mm-hmm. This The Broncos are two and three right now. Let's multiply that by what by three, and we're talking six and eleven. He ain't coming back. No, if it's six, if it's six and
1: eleven, if it's, if it's, if this team finishes six and eleven, you you got a new coach next year. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And uh, Tim coming in saying, I think Peyton needs to listen to you guys about the offensive line in the draft. The issue is the we're from the my saying it. yeah, <laughs> the, a lot of people are saying it, but the issue is that they have had some offensive line in their crosshairs in the last two drafts, and guys have been uh, taken before. Uh, the Broncos have had a chance to swing, so that's the reality. Sometimes there's 31 other teams that are drafting, and you're not just going to get all your top guys. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the needs change uh, this off season. We talked about it already. I mean, the real question here: Garrett Bowles is he back? You can save a good bit of money, and his play this last, I guess, his play this season had not been up to the contract that he's getting paid. He had been probably about a league average offensive tackle maybe you're looking to save a little bit of money there and go elsewhere or offer him, you know, a, a deal where he gets higher guaranteed money over the next two seasons, not a, not a raise, but a, a restructure to get more guarantee in there to keep him on the air. The Graham Glasgow special, if you will, that's what Graham got. Uh, then you have questions about cornerback right now. We have an audition coming up for Damari Mathis and Michael Ojamudia. If those guys, uh, struggle, then you're talking about cornerback being a massive need opposite Patrick Sertan. Mm-hmm. And, um, questions probably at a linebacker as well. So those are spots, tight end, still a question mark wide receiver. If Jerry Judy doesn't take a step forward. So right now the big obvious one is offensive line. There's no doubt the Broncos will toss some money at that and draft capital there this offseason. but it's not the only potential need this team is going to have.
2: Yeah. And you answered the question, Kathy Schmidt coming in from Germany. Welcome back. It's good to see you. <clears throat> and then I think Nick just answered the question. Who's going to step up after raw, after Darby got hurt. Another Another big loss. Yeah, um, he's playing great. God, he's yeah, playing great. It's another big loss. Um, so appreciate you coming in, Kathy. Welcome, welcome in, Jesse. Coming in, coming in green on YouTube with the super. Appreciate you, Jesse, with the corgi. Uh, the so line problem isn't new. It goes back to the eighteen years. It's 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 just that eighteen could lift the team by being. It goes back to Peyton Manning years. Uh, lift the team by being fast and away. No other. Q no other QB does. Yeah, I, I would say that that if, if you're willing to concede the fact that Russell Wilson isn't great in the quick passing game, you know who was? Yeah. Peyton Manning was pretty good about you know pre-snap reeves and getting the ball out quickly.
1: Yeah. No, that's uh it's <sighs> definitely a problem. And talking about the offensive line struggles, I thought the offensive line again was average last season, and they definitely you saw big improvements um under the years of Mike Munchak now. That being said, I thought Chris Strausser, who was here for a little bit as well, and uh, Sean Kugler did a pretty good job. So you had some good offensive line coaches with some skins on the wall, e- in spite of injuries. Average
2: is pushing it though. I mean, they were okay. They were average against average defensive lines. Against plus defensive lines, they got their asses kicked in the trenches. They got bullied. You you could not yeah. win those games against physical defensive fronts because you couldn't handle them. Um yeah. and now it's not even. You're doing well against – and how good have the defensive fronts been that you've faced? Denver, uh, Indianapolis Colts, good. San Francisco, good. Houston, meh. Uh, Seahawks, okay. I wouldn't say that's the, the strength of their game. But you're, you, you're able to move the ball between the 20s, but when it comes down, push comes to shove, your offensive line has been poor. It was poor in stretches last year, not consistently poor. It's been poor now.
1: Yep, 100%. And we got the Epic Gamer coming in with a $10 super here. Thank you so much over on YouTube saying he's seen or they have seen some rumors about the Broncos trading to get Christian McCaffrey. What do you guys think about that? I think the Broncos do not have the draft capital uh, to bring in Christian McCaffrey. I know it'd be fun to bring in the native son, but uh, the way his contract is set up, the Panthers would have to eat a bunch and... Broncos are going to need their draft capital. I mean, you just paid big money to Russell Wilson. You're going to need some cheap cost-controlled picks to help fill out the rest of the roster. And this is a team that's already uh, dealing with uh, just a lack of draft capital this upcoming season. Now, if the Broncos... God, there's there's a number of circumstances where if Christian McCaffrey is still available and the Broncos are training in the right direction and they need uh, something like that, that maybe I would be interested in that uh, for the Broncos' perspective. But right now, I think it's probably not likely because this is a team that just doesn't have the, the rainy day draft capital to go make a move like that.
2: Yeah. That's a, that's a luxury player Um, is, is a, a skill shifty running back. I can use in the slot. That's a luxury right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't afford a luxury. You you've got to take care of the, the nuts and bolts um, for uh, in the trenches, you know, on the Mm -hmm. offensive line first, before you start thinking about skill players and, you know, unless possibly I would I would rather go receiver first. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather get another receiver to come in
1: before I would go another running back. Yeah, 100 percent. Benjamin Flores, what's up? Not too much. Good to see you before we close out the show. And K-Hop asking about T.J. Moore um, with Tim Patrick out. I still don't think that you have the capital to go out there and make that move. Uh, if there was an offensive lineman available, then I'd be interested. But the Panthers, I looked over it yesterday. Uh, they don't really have any offensive line that make any sense. I wouldn't just absolutely tank their cap because they just paid these guys they'd have like it would be more dead cap than it would be against their salary cap to keep them so you have to like overpay for those guys but like austin corbett you can't really trade for him uh T- taylor moten uh, would be an awesome addition can't trade for him with his contract so it's just it doesn't really uh line up that way unfortunately and uh, james before we get on out of here talking 2023 draft quarterbacks saying This year's quarterback group is thin Uh, CJ Stroud with Ohio state and Bryce young at Alabama. And then there's a drop-off having extra picks is good and all, but you have to package them and find the right trade partner to move up. I don't think the Broncos will be using any draft capital on a quarterback that they believe is a franchise starter uh, this season. Now, if Russ is struggling again, and you have your full assortment of picks in 2024, then I think we can have a conversation about Mm -hmm. that, but I don't think 2023 is the year uh, with in that regard. That being said I'm still doing the work on the quarterback class because Falcons have some questions there and it's fun to talk about and do the draft in general. Uh you got to I think you got to keep your eye on uh, Hendon Hooker as well at Tennessee. He's been absolutely incredible at Tennessee the last two seasons. Uh big arm, good athlete. Obviously, people probably remember him his first year at Virginia Tech as a true freshman he played really well and then transferred out. And then also BYU has a really fun young quarterback named uh, Jerron Hall. Both those guys are a little bit older, um, so they'll probably end up being lower first-round picks to round three picks, but two talented quarterbacks to keep an eye on. The Anthony Richardson hype's died down a bit. He's got an NIL money. I don't think he's going to come out. Uh, and that's, what
2: I, and that, that's the yeah. thing uh, is that I actually like about this is there's no rush for these guys to come out anymore because they can earn a really good living in college. Um, in some cases, they might make more money. You know, There was always the jokes like, why well, don't I want to go pro because they don't want to take a pay cut? Well, that's actually true in some cases now. Um, You know, Anthony Richardson could use another year at, at, at play as a full time starter in college. It would benefit him greatly. And, you know, he can get seven figures on an NIL deal, you know, leading a team like the Florida Gators. So um, that's fine with me. I, I kind of like Will Levis of Kentucky Wildcats. I think he's he's, uh you know, he, what scares me a little bit is the Jay Cutler syndrome. Mm. where he tries to force too many things and, and gets into some bad decisions. But overall, I, I like what I see there, though. There's uh, you know, there's like you said, though, um, if you could use your first round pick, you're, the first time you get one back on a quarterback, because you'd have two years left. Let me see, 2024. You'd have basically two years left of Russell Wilson.
1: So you'd be grooming the next guy hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, no, we appreciate you guys and uh, let's keep it in. uh, Not sure what's going on there with that comment. But anyway, it's time to uh, wrap it up on here. Uh, We're at 59 minutes. According to my ticker, Scott, any final thoughts uh, before we close this on out? Yeah, real quick. I meant to, uh, meant to, to show this to y'all.
2: Harvey Lange was signed yesterday as a, um, as a linebacker practice squad. I I imagine. I actually uh, watched him a lot in high school. He was a beast of a running back. So picture an NFL linebacker playing running back, and that's what you get. So I've got some some high school highlights I posted yesterday. I dropped in the chat just now. Um, so go give uh, go give Harvey a watch uh, at running back playing. It's at uh, he was from South Jordan High School in Bingham, or flip that, it was Bingham High School. And anyway, Bingham High School in South Jordan. Uh, in Utah, and just a lot of fun to watch. So, give them a give that a watch. Uh, you know, spend a couple
1: minutes and, and watch your new linebacker. Yeah, yep, that's uh, be a lot of fun. And uh, there's Scott with the links here. Make sure you guys are checking it out. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of you all. I'm not sure what this comment is, man. So, what's going on with the comment section here? But, uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, We're going to get on out of here. It's actually going to be Scott and I again tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the Broncos uh, panic meter uh, so far this season. So make sure you're checking that out and make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at uh, Broncos for Breakfast Twitter account at BFB underscore pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says there underneath, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share Uh, on YouTube. Click that bell icon so that way you get the notification when we go live. And uh, we will be live again tonight for some Broncos for breakfast for dinner while building breakfast for dinner with the Broncos. So uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, Make sure you're all choosing kindness and compassion as always. We'll see you tonight. Have a great Tuesday. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.